first attempt at a podcast, uh, potentially called Wasteland Radio, potentially called WA30K something. Um, yeah, and basically Sam and myself are from Perth in Western Australia, and we've been listening to podcasts for quite a long time, both of us having been on the I Horace podcast as well, and thought it was about time that we get one going for our local scene and our individual hobbies. So, how are you, Sam? I'm good, Jackie. How about you, mate? Yeah, I'm really good, man. I'm glad we're doing this finally. It's um, I think it's def- I know, it has definitely been something we've been thinking about, so it's good to finally put it into motion. Yeah, and we've got a lot of good, um, you know, good podcasts leading the way. So it's definitely inspiring me to kind of put something out there to reflect. Like, well, I think we've got a really strong scene here as well. So to be able to reflect our scene and um, how much we're into it. Yeah, absolutely. Both of us have a strong heresy scene, so it's good to get a bit of news out from our side of the continent. Make sure that people remember that we are still over here. Yeah. And so I've been into 30K now for about three years, I guess. And you were well established um, by the time I showed up. How long have you been at it? Yeah, probably four years, four and a half years. Um, But before that, I was playing 40K since I was, I don't know, 15 or so. So I've been, I'm 30 now. So I'm in the hobby for 15 years so far. Oh, just a young nipper. Yeah, exactly. Back when you had to you know, mow the lawn to pay for five space marines. Oh, now you have to mow the lawn for a year to pay for five space marines. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you imagine kids actually having to try and do yard work to be able to afford something? I know. I'm so glad my kid doesn't want to get into Warhammer now. Oh, I know. Can you imagine if he's like, oh, Dad, I really want that um, I really want that Mortarian with the wings model because I think that's like <laughs> the most expensive model you can get in Australia. And then you'd be like, oh... Yeah, cool dog. Just mow, mow lawns for the next three months and we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weekly. That thing better be like a bowling green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I got into it. Um, I think I got my first Citadel miniature when I was around seven or eight and I'm 34 now. So um, I've been steady gaming and collecting with quite a few of the guys who've actually ended up in the heresy scene as well for um, you know around 20 years or more. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty well into it as well. But yeah, you've been, you've been, um, leading the charge in WA as long as I've been around for, uh, gaming and events and traveling overseas and gaming and getting on, getting on the national scene and all that sort of stuff as well. So yeah, I've, um, cause I live, I don't quite live in Perth. I'm 400 Ks away from Perth. So for me to get into heresy, I need to pretty much spend a whole weekend traveling just to get some games in. So I try and do that two or three times a year just to keep the whistle wet and um, keep my enthusiasm flying, really, because it's a bit of a heresy, well, wasteland in Albany. People are playing 40K pretty strong and that kind of thing, but it's not my super scene, but that's okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you've got to kind of take what you can get, but it is pretty tough when, you know, you've you've got such a lot of experience in 30k and you're quite passionate about the armies that you've got as well and um you know the maybe the i I don't know i actually think probably a lot of people can identify that as well where their local 
uh, environment doesn't necessarily represent how much they're into this because it is quite a deep hobby to get into. And um, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'm currently I was about to go dive into Gene Silicolts for 40k when they drop in a month or so. Because you saw the fucking quad bikes and you were like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those motorbikes got me super hard. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I thought I should probably refocus back on my ultramarines again. Yeah. Um, I've got about 7,000 points at this stage, but I need to get more. So. <laughs> well, there's always more more options as well, isn't there? So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I run a pretty standard all-comers list. So about 2,500 to 3K. Um, but I want to try and mix it up a bit. Um, I'm either want, want to use my uh, Australians as a militia allied force, or I might even try and dabble with that ultramarine ride of war to get them infiltrated and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty good actually. Bam, um, Bam from Broom and Perth, who people might also be aware of, has uh, ripped me up with that same ultramarines, ultramarines and militia combo. Yeah, I keep looking at it, but I just want them to be like mini sisters of battle, so I keep skipping that right and then just loading them up with like three plus armor saves and strength by blazing guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played I played Troy with a similar thing actually. <laughs> yeah, I think um Troy Troy was running the same sort of situation as that, but his was squats, so it was pretty odd to the eye when you're fighting these guys with the strong las guns and um, high toughness and three plus armor and all that kind of stuff as well. You're like, but these yeah, are exactly. these are squats. <laughs> it's even funny when someone's like, yeah, I'm playing militia. Like, I'll pull up some them with my gun pigs. No, like, no, no, I have better guns than you and the same save as you and the same toughness as you. Yeah. Half your points cost. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> so in, in addition to the Ultramarines, which you've got on the go now and you've definitely repped pretty hard in the events up in Perth here and I believe you travel, you travel with them as well to Adapticon, didn't you? No, I went to the LVO. Oh, LVO, that's right. Yeah, two years ago. But you um, took you took the ultras, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I took them to the um, whatever it was their tournament, and I placed about mid range, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've taken that army everywhere. Really, it's been my tournament list. Yeah. Um, but I do also have a Blood Angel force, which I'm been slowly working on, slash getting other people to paint for me and work on. <laughs> I think every everybody called Jacks had a bit of a go at that army, haven't they? Exactly. I've had um, a few of you lovely guys do some work for me, so it's getting pretty big again. It's up to about three thousand, maybe even thirty five hundred points. And that's mostly um, themed around the drop assault kind of style of list, isn't it? Yeah. So that's a full orbital assault, right? So I'm running for my real big kicker list. It's like double Leviathan in pods, double lightnings with krakens. It's a few tactical marines, and then a Storm Raven, not Storm Raven, Storm Eagle, a Fire Raptor, it all just drops down on your head and basically tries to alpha strike you off the board. Yeah, I love it. And it makes you sound like a bit of a dick kicker, but in reality, you're definitely not, and you create a lot of create a lot of narrative, but you also know how to um, turn up, as they say. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I've, I've, it comes out where I'm starting to try to play 40k a bit more, and the playing the narrative mission doesn't always work, so I need to try and get my angry face on sometimes as well <laughs> yeah i think you've um you've put the sword to me every single time we've played actually so we only played a couple of times so we need to work on that yeah well you know every time you fucking whooped me it's like <laughs> you and you and marcus are like my two two kryptonites i just um uh, i can't seem to fight my way out of a paper bag when i fight you two 
Marcus has his shit worked out there. Oh, he's man, he's a ultra strategist, like the prime prime strategy maker. Um, so I've got Death Guard at the moment, and that's pretty heavy on the old infantry thing, inspired by Centurion. Um, I think I'm up to about four and a half thousand points of infantry and walkers and artillery. Um, and then I've got a night house on the go. Um, so yeah, so I've got, uh, four big nights built and painted and finished. And then, um, I have two of the little armages and waiting on rules and another Questorus as well. That's kind of hanging back. So, um, I'm kind of going to try and get them ready for maybe the next skulls and in April and see if I can get them on the go and, um, and run, like, run them as like an optional army if anybody's interested in actually fighting a night house. Um, yeah, no, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, I've faced a couple of night houses in the past. You just need to be up front with your opponent, I think, first, otherwise it doesn't end well. Yeah. Um, I think... I, Richard's... Um, Ooh, that's a man who, that's another man who's got his shit sorted <laughs> yeah so I think he was running a warhound and like seven knights yeah against my ultramarine list and man you pulled it out though I did I was I had a leviathan hiding in some cover that killed three questorals knights by himself that was yeah, pretty sick no shit <laughs> That's stood in cover, and then they just kept running into him. He's like, "Yeah, I strike first and just tears his bloody knights apart." <laughs> That's the tale of the Leviathan, isn't it? It's like either it goes down immediately, like our last game. You know, when I think I shot the Derodeo at it or something, and it like blew it up before you even had a turn, and um, yeah. or or they just go on a rampage, and you're like, "Oh yeah, cool. This dude's killed two thousand points. No, no worries." Yeah. I mean, I think it. I still remember playing Tupimo and in ZM, he just like stuck this like dark fire, kept lance around the corner. Otherwise, <laughs> like inches away from his line, like, well, that's sick. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I love having twelve-inch guns when I'm thirty inches away. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I guess while we're on Leviathan talk, should we transition into maybe a little bit of new new release review, uh, being that it's in your yeah. in your lane as it is anyway. Staying in my lane, I am totally getting that blood angel Leviathan. I already have two red ones. What's the trouble with getting a third? Well, it can be like a bit of a fancy boy one for you, can't it? Yeah, exactly. So I can that means I can just have two normal ones, and then he can be like, like I don't know, some captain or covered in bling kind of thing. In a scale of one to dead, how dead would your dog be if he ate the foot on this <laughs> Leviathan? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be so dead. I cannot go through that again. Um, I'm still trying to work out how to put bloody weathering on my other dog-related injuries. <laughs> Sam's dog managed to take out. Uh, what were you priming it in the backyard or something? And then you're like, "Oh fuck, where's the foot?" And uh, and yeah, his dog had like fully mangled it. So um, I don't know, man. You just need more shrubs, hey? He just needs to be kicking yeah. his way through some bushes. Well, I've, managed, I've got him on a like a big cork base, so he's kind of like dragging it across the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like the aesthetic that they've gone for for the those three new releases that they put out? Do you think that suits kind of um, where you thought they were going with the releases? And um... yeah, to be honest, these the new Blood Angel releases totally hit it out of the park for me. The Power Armor Praetor, especially, I think he is fantastic. Yeah. Um, he looks like just exactly what I expect a Blood Angel to look like. I'm glad they gave him a helmet rather than some 
the sissy hair that they seem to like for blood angles. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a white perm kind of, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The hair they always give them, make them, I understand, so whole angelic kind of look from old, you know, Reynolds and Silent kind of thing, but the helmet makes them look really cool. But yeah, they, the contempt of, I mean, the pose on the website look, makes it look like the plastic one a bit, a bit static, but I think all the detailing on it is fantastic. So I can't wait to get you or Jack to paint it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, well, shit, man, I'd rather show you how to paint it than paint it for you. <laughs> I think we've still got to run a, run a class or something one day. Not that I'm a master or anything, but yeah, I, re- I really like what they've done with the aesthetic. I think it's not, it's not too, um, like two of that 40k style, like none of these dudes have abs, which is good. And, um, I like the fact that it's all kind of, it's like elegant trim. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's quite a classy look for these guys. They definitely look really ornate and really bespoke and not just, you know, it's not none of the pieces. I think almost none of the armor plates on any of the things that I've been put into that release are unadorned with, like, you know, trim and filigree and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. It's yeah. A... No, I think they did a... In saying that, like, the 40K blood angles I do quite like. I do enjoy their... Uh, I think the abs and stuff actually suit them pretty well on the sanguinary guys. Come on, mate. Who needs abs? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I think they... Like, I've made a squad of... Ultramarines, uh, something, using all those with the... Where are they from? Some third party like the Omega Shields and those abs and all that kind of thing. They were pretty cool. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I actually haven't I haven't seen your Blood Angels despite having painted uh, what what did I paint? The Fire Raptor or a Storm Eagle or something? You did the Storm Eagle, yeah, and the Leviathan. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? Did you do the Leviathan? I know Jack did one, and you. I thought I did the. Uh, no, maybe I just had. I think I had the Leviathan as a reference for what color you wanted because you've gone for a bit of yeah. a du- a bit of a darker red, haven't you? Yeah, I mean my blood angels are I mean the more arterial color. Um, yeah, mainly because like I was saying the other day to you, yeah, I was tossing up between them or red bows. Yeah, so I kind of stuck with that darker red shade that went for the blood angels. So yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan of the second edition bright red that some people do. Um, Although over the top for me yeah one of our guys Luke Foyle is doing that at the moment and it does look it does look pretty sharp but it's um, oh, yeah. it's definitely a completely different kettle of fish from like the I don't know I tend to lean towards more of like the muted tones and darker colours and that kind of thing so I, yeah now Luke's okay. they're looking fantastic but um, yeah that, I don't like the bright colours like my ultramarines are a darker blue these are a darker red um the colour on the Forge World Blood Angels, these new releases are pretty different. They're not the super bright red. They're more almost an orange kind of shade in some areas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it's that really stylized painting that they've gone for as well. You know, they've they've definitely like really saturated models and they build the colour quite almost from black on the panels up to orange. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they're pretty, uh, pretty I don't know, I... I kind of liked the original style of painting for Forge World where they'd paint things how pretty much everybody can paint them and you didn't have to go like hyper colors all the time. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's probably helping them sell models. Um, and at the moment when they're probably getting 30 to 50% less sales out of, <laughs> out of our, our region in particular. You uh, hope so. Yeah. Just looking, 
look at these prices. It's one hundred and seventy-five dollars for a new Ryzen rounds. I do. So I'm not getting one anytime soon, but that's good because I already have two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, hang in there, mate. I mean, they might have a Christmas sale for us or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Got here and we'll be Australia breaks the camels back. They're like, yeah, we'll totally bring the prices back for Australia. Well, I've already done my bit, Sam. I made them take down my photo. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not letting you motherfuckers use my thing to sell your shit to us for more, for more money. Take my photo down. Yeah. Um, I know it's pretty crazy. Like the prices for Australians are like, yeah, this is why we all play heresy. Oh no, wait, they're onto us. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, well, I do remember when it was almost cheaper. I was like, when I got into it, when I looked at it, because I think uh, it was coming in as I was getting out of the Badab War stuff. And um, Yeah, because you're doing your Red Scorpions, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was actually legitimately cheaper for me to buy my legitimate Red Scorpions army from Forge World than it was for me to go into Games Workshop and buy the same plastic Space Marine army. So... I think I think we're at a like we were at a pretty good time there when it started and I guess uh they're trying to just make us pay for that now. <laughs> they're trying to get my trying to get my money back. <laughs> exactly. We're on to you. I was gonna come back to bite you in the ass one day, Australia. Yeah, yeah. Well we probably what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we remember. We remember. Yeah, well I made him delete my account as well, so I killed off like uh I don't know eight years or ten years worth of purchasing or something, I was like, oh, I have no part of this. Don't, all of you Yeah, yeah. So speaking of, uh, of, of well-priced miniatures, um, <laughs> the giant Dick Cannon Titan, what do you reckon? Do you like that? I'm, I, no. No? Not really. Okay. <laughs> um, the, we are talking about the new one with the giant, like, revolver gun on its head. Yeah, Warbringer Nemesis Titan. Yeah, it's look. I think it's cool, but I can't get out of my head that I'm pretty sure when that gun shoots, it's just going to fall over every time. It doesn't appear to be able to brace in any sort of way, or to be dragging with it some kind of, I don't know, third leg off the back. Exactly. Like it just needs to drop its like warlord dick behind it, so <laughs> brace and fire, and then just keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it needs to shoot. Oh no, I suppose it can't shoot more vertically. It's it's actually got a pretty narrow. Like, I'm looking at the weapon individually now on the website, and it's got a pretty narrow angle of elevation before it mm. seems to bottom out on the top of the body. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it probably can't fire yeah, up. Cool, but yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm in two minds. I think uh, I saw Leiden from LP Miniatures on Instagram who's got a huge, big Furions collection of Titans. I think you could probably buy a house in Australia with the amount of Titans that he's got. Um, he started working on his, and he actually fitted a Warlord head into it. Um, and it looked really cool, because I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've got with the model. I really love the legs and the armor and the structure of the, you know, the actual chassis itself, I think looks really cool. Um, even the, you know, the shoulder pads and all that sort of stuff look, look pretty cool too. But yeah, the head just looks a bit goony for me for some reason. So, um, and the arms, the arms to me look kind of like just, they're just dangling from the shoulders. Like, the yeah, kind of looks like it's, it could just walk around and it's just a really big toddler going to shoot your stuff. This one just looks like it's a body with some gun strapped to the sides and a giant gun in its head. 
Yeah, true. Yeah, it's it doesn't look as as braced as maybe the Porphyrin does or something like that. You know how mm. for a similar sort of proportional look, the Porphyrin has a a lot more solid kind of look to it, whereas this one, I guess, it sort of looks a bit more um, wispy in the, especially like you said, the arm mounts because they just seem to kind of hang off the sides a little bit. But yeah, yeah. so I mean, it's cool. But I mean, if you're going to be spending like that Two. kind of money, yeah, I think that you just save the extra few pennies and get a warlord personally. Well, at the point that you're playing games where this could be included, you're pretty much playing warlord-sized games anyway, so it wouldn't really matter that much on the table either, would it? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the body is, what, 1,500 or 1,600, and the, like, the big cannon is 230. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe 400 less than a warlord, I guess. So I'm pretty sure I just pay the extra pennies and get the big bad. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah, it's... The looks sick. <laughs> the wallet does look sick. It looks sick in the flesh. It looks sick in Titanicus. It looks... It's great. It's a really cool-looking model. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about picking up a wallet for Titanicus just to say I have a wallet now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, man, I think once you... um, Once you can see a little bit of the action, I'm sure a man of your um, caliber would get into it because I... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty convinced. I've played a few games now, and I've really enjoyed it. So, I think I quite like the uh, terrain that that new Perth company OTP is bringing up. Yeah, that's interesting. I've ordered a bit of that, and it should be ready to pick up tomorrow. So, um, oh. I, I guess next time we have a chat, I'll be able to kind of review a bit of their six mil range. Um, they said because of the so- the size, it's a little bit harder harder to print. So it's taken a little bit of a while to get it. Um, but the person was saying that it's kind of, you know, it's they scra- they end up scrapping a fair bit of it just to get the quality right. So, okay, yeah, um, yeah I'm interested to see how it goes because they have some pretty good, you know, for that scale as well. Like, we can't feasibly make the amount of terrain required in that Civitas Imperialis or whatever, you know, the Titanicus style Games Workshop terrain. It's just not not economically feasible to make buildings to cover up a warlord. Whereas um, this stuff, it was sort of about, it was about $30 for a building that can cover a wallet. So I figure that's reasonably good economy. Um, That's pretty good. And you can kind of go custom with that as well. So you can actually make, you know, you can make all your buildings with modular sort of three inch by three inch cubes. And um, they've all got different stylings and, you know, that same kind of Games Workshop Grimdark style or whatever. But yeah, I'm cool to... um, Sorry, man. You're pretty good. cool company. I've been trying to keep an eye and see what they're bringing out. Um, I quite like their. I was looking at their new shanty town stuff, which looks pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Worked really well, really well for Spectre. Yeah. So, have you um have you played that at all? While we just mention it. Um, Spectre, no, not lately. Um, I did buy up big last time I was up in Perth and played some with Jack Hadley. Yeah. Um, I went went a bit silly and bought a whole bunch of. Uh, Afghani insurgents and marines, and then oh, I haven't picked up a paintbrush in a while, so still on my list. Yeah, yeah. But, I've st- again, there's no one playing it down in Albany, so it kind of kills your mojo to paint models that I'm never getting used. I will, maybe it won't be forever, man. I think you're um, you're definitely a field of dreams kind of guy. Like, uh, you know, you've you've built the event, the wasteland uh, war in the wasteland event. Um, mm. and I think it's it's a good way to get people down. But I mean, it's it's definitely hard when you've got six to twelve month intervals for your 
you know, your gaming fix essentially for um, the systems that you're into. So, well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I was playing at the Skulls twice a year, and that was literally my heresy playing. So yeah. I thought I'd, I'd, well, as pure selfishness, I'm like, I'll make my own event, and you guys come. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's done a really good job. I mean, like we might as well cover that now. Um, you know, we can transition from sort of products into. Uh, into yeah, sure. main topic kind of situation now and um yeah i guess i mean your your background is is gaming and participating in like event-based gaming um definitely tournaments and that sort of thing but leading into this new narrative style of gaming and uh yeah, yeah i think um you know you started the war in the wasteland what three years ago now no we just had the second one um, oh okay so yeah this one coming up for this august will be our third one Oh, so I only missed the first one then. You did. You yeah. The first one. Yeah, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so the first one was good. I think we had 18 players, 16 players for the first one. Um, and then last year, I think we ended up with 24, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was one of the bigger, I think it's one of the biggest heritage events we've seen over in the West Coast. Yeah. Um, and considering, considering of those 24 people, like, 19 of them drove 400 kilometers to get to me was pretty amazing. I was blown out of the water that you know, so many people drive this far to come to it. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying a few, I, it's tricky. Like I, I want to try and push that narrative that people say they enjoy, but it also seems that the narrative side of things gets a bit forgotten after that game too. So I'm not sure where I'm going to aim for this year's, but short of just basically saying, come to Albany and there'll be games here and then we can just work it out even on the spot really. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what um, Marcus Banting, who's organising a bit of the Outpost stuff for this year, um, mm. he's got that open day coming up where we're going to be playing themed battles, you know, based on sort of like, you know, future sci-fi historical themed heresy battles. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm interested to see how, how that's kind of adopted and where we can go with that because maybe... Maybe just setting up like theaters of war, essentially, like you would have with bolt action, um, yep. would be a better way to go for us. Because I think you're right. Like, you know, I I know in particular, um, well, you're you're quite a competitive gamer in terms of like you come to play, you make good lists and that kind of thing. And like, you know, I have to admit to the same thing as well. You know, I'm not there to just fucking shoot the shit and have a chit chat. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm actually I turn up to play. And I try to play and make good moves the whole time. I try to come with a list that I think is fair, but also um, competitive and, yeah. you know, and themed as well. So I think that's actually, you know, that's probably a, uh, an area where we might differ a little bit from other people in the country and, and you know, maybe the world as well is that there's it's quite a high level of competition and um, quite a high level of refinement in the lists that we see. But people are, you yeah. know, still generally trying to stick to a theme and stuff as well. Because you, I suppose, you couldn't definitely call it a tournament. Like I'm happy to walk away with, from a game with a loss, and oh, yeah. I'm happy to not count results. And I think I don't think anybody counted the results from that weekend down south at all either. We were just happy to play games that were, you know, kind of themed on cool tables and hang out yeah, with each other. And I did it for the one down Albany. I didn't do general ship scores. I didn't do best general awards. We just did it like which faction wins at the end of the weekend, and that was it. And but, cool, coolest dude, baby. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, uh, 
let's nice work on that one. Oh yeah. I, f- I feel I feel dirty, hey, I feel so grubby. <laughs> and you gave me uh you gave me a Garo model as well as a prize. I was like, oh god. Like I'm I'm super grubby now. <laughs> you managed to in one weekend turn my full full trader army of a year's progress into like a lo- a loyalist beach boy army. <laughs> that Garo model is so cool though. Oh man, it's a sick model. I'm saving it because I I don't know. I feel like my my death guard is slowly tradering on being traders, they're like they're slowly turning loyalist. Um, turning the other way again. Yeah, yeah, they're turning back after after getting the mug this year. I'm gonna have to think about it because I got best painted loyalist as well, which is a bit of a, <laughs> bit, a bit of a cheeky <laughs> kick in the chops. Um, covered in skulls and trader symbols. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, talking about your event and and the war in the wasteland, your first iteration of that, which I unfortunately missed due to a bit of uh, personal life bullshit. Um, that was a bit of a bounce back for our scene, wasn't it? Because we sort of had a bit of an escalation of power and, uh, you know, we sort of had the seven jet meta and we had, you know, I yeah. think, I think, um, you know, I remember Jack trialing out three Leviathans with all the cannons and, and then Marcus had lists where you, you couldn't even start or have a turn or, or do any, you know, like you, you couldn't, you couldn't win the first turn. You'd start, but he wouldn't deploy anything. So you didn't know where anything was. And then everything was out flanking had the sniper. And it was just like, I remember playing games leading up to that event and going, I'm not sure that I actually want to play. So when I, when I didn't make it and then I heard that it was like, like a full power off and then everyone was like, Whoa, like this is, this is too much. Like a few, yeah, like a few heads bounced off the canvas and people thought, Oh shit. All right. We better rein it back in again. That was like a good good growth for our our scene over here, I think. Um, yeah, I mean that's it. I mean, while we like, I mean, we did the like Albany thirty five hundred meta. I think all the games that event were three and a half thousand point games. Yeah, and so people people brought some big toys. Like some of the lists we're seeing and at our post around the same time were pretty savage, like hard lists. Yeah, but then they they all came down and like we tore shreds off each other. Yeah, and then after that they've kind of gone backwards again to more theme style lists, which is really good to see. I think the um the two things that have really contributed to that factor as well, from what I can tell, is the the Outpost Gaming Club meta of having those escalation leagues where every time there's an event coming up, they try and run an escalation league up to that point. So people are sort of yeah. either starting again or playing small. And then I guess the way that we've adopted both the Mournival events package and the Centurion kind of package. Like, Centurion is huge over here, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Uh, Centurion in Australia is massive. It's, oh, I'm not going to say it's as big as the normal rules, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, I think at the last Wasteland, last August, um, I think the majority of games were Centurion games. Yeah, I think so too. We almost like, I'm, you know, I'm kicking around some new army ideas at the moment, and I kind of have to force myself to think about taking tanks. Whereas, you know, like, it seems more natural to think about fighting infantry with infantry when I consider heresy now, just based on what we have been doing over here. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I bought a entire century this time um, and then sold it to John and he painted on it because I realized I can't paint 150 yellow models because I'd kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was, like, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, get some infantry because these are cool. You know, get some more breaches because they're really cool. And then you're like, oh, I've got no room for tanks anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I think by the time I, I start taking all the infantry that I really like too, there's almost no room for tanks left. Like I had to revise the 
the next project wish list a few times just to go, okay, no, you've got enough infantry. Like, let's let's look at a tank now. Like, okay, just put that put that squad off to the side and we'll have a look at a tank. And then um <laughs> yeah, try and try and filter it in. Like my friends, the the twenty five hundred list I run is the opposite of that. It's like literally two ten man tactical squads in rhinos and then like suzerain and a Spartan and then sold just other tanks and planes and stuff. So that's fully mechanized. So I was trying to do different things and it just wasn't really working for me. Really. So yeah. that's why I tried the all the assault blood angel list because then I figured I have to take infantry, then I don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's a good building block as well because you've essentially got a centurion army that can be mobilized in drop pods. So it's not a big, yeah, not a big and stretch. I find the blood angels work really well. If someone says, oh, we'll play a tournament event, a centurion event. I'm like, cool, I'll just take my normal army and they just run on the board rather than drop in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely healthy over here and, you know, I'm I'm really glad for the event that you put on and I'm really looking forward to it next year as well because that, you know, that's a... I think it's a bit of a milestone for... definitely for our community as well to have, like, a place where you can actually go and game and... Um, you know, like no, no one's there really for any other purpose than just hanging out and getting some games in. And I think the the theme of the weekend is heresy as well. So it's it's pretty um like we're all well, see, yeah. in the same zone. It's um full on proper Warhammer camp, really. I mean, it starts on Friday afternoon, and you you know hang out, you have some drinks, have a little campfire, then you play the actual event on the Saturday, and then do whatever you want, like a bigger apocalypse game Saturday night or team games and stuff. And then there's even time to do some more Sunday morning before you drive back to Perth. Yeah. So it's, you know, yes, it's a lot of gaming. If you can get burnt out easily, it can be a bit much. But I find people know what they're getting themselves into and become you know, ready to go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was quite happy to uh, step back a little bit as well and, um, you know, kind of just help out and hang out. And I think I probably only played three games in the end on the Saturday. Um, I think I played three games Friday and then I did participate in the apocalypse, like super heavy shootout in the evening as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely like as much as you like, there were people who were rolling dice all day, weren't there? And then there were other people who maybe only played one or two games, but I think the level of investment was pretty similar and everyone had a really good time. That's it. I mean, the tricky, tricky slash good thing is, um, I mean, as long as you match up, get the right amount of players that you guys, you know, get a good crowd that want to go hard all day, and then you get the same amount of numbers that just want to chill and that kind of thing. The last thing you really want is someone to have driven that kind of distance and not get a game when they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, we've talked about it before when we've gone on the high of Horus as well. And I don't, you know, I don't know who will hear this or how, but um, anybody that wants to make it over to Perth, you know, international or or Australian, um, you know. He, well, we had Chris Gilberson come across in Adelaide for the last one. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. I mean, we are quite lucky as well. He sort of already had the hookup on transport and, you know, that kind of stuff as well with Nick. So, but I was just going to yeah. say, like, if, if anybody wants to make it over and they don't know how to kind of logistically make it happen, you know, hit, hit you or myself um, either in the WA Horace Heresy group or, you know, message message me on Instagram or whatever and we can... You know, we can work something out to get people down there and it's definitely worth yeah, a, it worth a trip because we've got a high standard of painting here all the tables were bombed you know what did we have 30 feet of zone metallus 
versus 30 feet of Zomatalis or something. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. That was, um, yeah, I think it was, yeah, something like that, 20 foot either side, like full on boarding action. That was pretty nuts. I really like that. Actually, Tim brought that up in the Eye of Horus end of year podcast about the, you know, the ship to ship boarding and people going across the void. And I think you did a really good job coming, you know, well, you guys did a really good job coming up with that idea because it, it was really fun and it was really unique. And there was so much going on. It was really, it was really chaotic to have like two strips of Zomatalis either side of the playing floor with players standing in between either side and then one obviously being a loyalist and a trader ship. Um, a loyalist, sorry, on one side and then a trader ship on the other side. And then having the teleportation pads also, you know, kind of open airways where people were jumping across in between and, you know, and then environmental effects. So it was It was a lot of fun. It was a good way to kind of... Have a it was cool. I, I, yeah, I thought it was good. Sorry, I thought it was good to like that way to try and get people meeting each other and that kind of thing. Um, and I want to do it again next year with a few small changes. I'm thinking I'm going to do it like almost uh, more like a fleet action rather than just like massive cruiser action. Oh, cool! So instead of having like one big 18 foot, 20 foot ship, it's going to be like three or four five foot boards, nice. and you can like bounce bounce around and that kind of thing. And then have like each ship as an objective rather than like each section of the big ship. Yeah. Um, yep. Mainly so it doesn't, you just don't get like, you know, some players were holding an objective, but they didn't really do anything for about three turns. You know, because they, they were playing the mission, but, you know, they were kind of missing out. So, Well, to be fair, I think the person that we were talking about was still actually gluing portion of, portions of his army together that night. <laughs> so, he, bit, yeah. yeah, I think, he, he, well, he was trying to get his super heavy done for um, Saturday night. So I think he, he was probably quite happy to just hold that objective <laughs> for while he was like furiously gluing away in the kitchen. Um, you can imagine opening like that uh, bigger metallic door, and all of a sudden there's fifty like black uh, Medusans standing behind the door. Like, hey, we're just chilling. What's up? <laughs> or or assembling a glaive as they as they were in the game. <laughs> they're all exactly. They're all and, just. Um, I think Brett was on the other side with his thousand sons, just like holding down this entire corridor. And every time like the remnants of the squad's like, yeah, we finally made it. There's like twenty guys with rotocan is like. Dad! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a wild combo on that side, actually, because I had, um, who did I have? Was it Ben that has the, uh, like, renegade militia with the spawn and stuff like that? Was that Ben? Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. I so I kind of locked heads with Ben and Brett. So it was like, you know, the Thousand Sons and all their kind of hijinks. And, and then I had Ben and he was just mobbing me with spawn all the time <laughs> and fucking demons and you know, shitty little ab humans everywhere and it was like a, a tar pit. We couldn't seem to get through on that side. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's what the... I mean, that's why I like Harris is so cool. There's, there is such a mix of different things. So you can see, like, even with the militia list, I mean, there's so many different ways you can play it. You never know what you... Like, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll put, you know, what, who's that guy using? You're like, oh, could it be this or could it be that? All within the same list. It's so cool. I'd like it if, um, you, you know, we are... Uh, we've got a really good level of participation over here where people are constantly kind of making making new stuff um, and, you know, they continue to reinvest in new armies and keep coming up with new ideas and new concepts for each event. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of the Militia and the Solar Auxilia and Mechanicum even as well in our scene just to kind of, 
you know, in a selfish way to get me to look at it more as well. Because I find sometimes when I go up, you know, like when I actually had to play Ben, I was like, what is any of the shit, man? Like, I don't understand. What's the, like, you know, just kind of like, yeah, cool. Okay, whatever. Like, you know, he's like, these are toughness five and they've got three wounds and they've got frenzy and they've got this and that and feel no pain and eternal warrior. And I was like, all right, that seems like a lot, but fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no. That's a little bit terrifying. I'll stay away from that. Yeah, yeah, the strength six and randing. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to win this, but I'll get in there and give it a go anyway. But yeah, it'd be cool to see a little bit more of that and um, people branch out more into the, the militias and like the the auxiliary armies to um you know to showcase a bit more of the game too because i think i think there were some really cool battles going on in your weekend particularly that showcased you know like the differences in the armies like i, I played a really cool um i think it might have been thomas uh had a one you know one of the new guys from um, yeah he had he had a militia army didn't he we yeah he had a militia army yeah and i mean it was is just unique having to go up against like um yeah, heavy weapon teams and like grenadiers and all that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, he had a lot of um, a lot of cool stuff going on there as well. But I think we definitely. Well, I think there was, I think there was three militia, if not four militia armies that weekend. And yeah, they were all totally different. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of flavor in there as well. I mean, Troy, like Troy's one, for example, is incredible. Like he's got um, a really highly mechanized army. But then a lot of cool kind of out of production, older style models as well, making up the the list. But they're all sort of in what are those things called? Dracosans? The yeah, yeah, yes, it's like demolisher cannons. <laughs> yeah, demolisher cannons everywhere. It's 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 wild, but because um, this has like eleven demolisher cannons. <laughs> look, it's a lot. <laughs> Some might say too much. But we're not here to fuck spiders, you know? No, no, no. Or like, uh, what did uh, what did Ryan say the other day? He's like, I'm not here to fuck mega arachnids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, in like what you said is true, it would be cool to see there's like a few other non-Astardis lists, but they just, they don't play well with the Astardis, I find. They, if you take, at least at a tournament level, like if you think, all right, I'll take a, well, the way I do it, I take my all comers list, that's good against Marines, but if I have to play Mechanicus or the like militia or whatever, they have, you're like, gonna have a hard day. So I, I have no chance in that. So you're like, it's it's. I understand why they do it and that kind of thing, and it's fun if you can not tailor your list, but at least make sure you have a chance against it. Yeah. Yep. Like, I mean, seeing Troy's list, if I was to face that with my standard all comers list, I'd be like, well, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, um, I think he he knows that as well, coming from a marine player. So he's quite happy to tone it back a little bit as well. But I think if you get if he goes full Troy, you're in for a hard day. It's um, yeah, exactly. Well, that's it. I mean, and he does like have that discussion with the size. Like, so if you want to have like a proper like tournament game, where it's a bit of fun, and he would like limits his battle cannons and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, well, when, when we met at Skulls, because I guess, you know, we've sort of moved away from like a fixed format gaming style over here to more of a, you know, you've got this amount of time, you guys decide what you're going to do next. Um, yep. I turned up to the last event and I actually had, I had, you know, like frontline, easy, medium, hard. I had Centurion, easy, medium, hard. I had, you know, like big game, easy, medium, hard sort of thing. And then I got to a, a thing and I'm, you know, like you evaluate the other player and you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm playing Sam and who, who did we play? It was you and Ken, wasn't it? Like I'm, yes. play, I'm playing Sam and Ken, like 
you guys aren't going to get easy. You'll get me- medium <laughs> or hard. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's cool that we can kind of work that out and that guys, you know, guys like Troy, like, yeah, you can buy all those Dracosans and you can buy all those Lehman Russ and you can buy um, all those Super Heavies as well because he's got a lot of Malkadors too. But <laughs> it, it doesn't mean you need to turn up with them. And, and we don't, which is great. So... Yeah, no, exactly. It works really well. Like, as long as you have that discussion before the game starts, you make sure it's fun for everyone. Otherwise, yeah. it's like you end up playing 40k and it's like, oh, you got turn one, you win. <laughs> you wasted your day. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody wants that game really as a, as a game too, because it is a game. So. Well, that's it. I mean, you do hear stories about like the 40k tournament where someone lost the role for turn one and they forfeit in the final. I mean, that's not what you want. <laughs> Not really, not after investing the amount of time that we all do as well. And I mean, not only in terms of, you know, assembly and painting time, but gaming practice time, thought time, like, you know, research time as well and black books and all that sort of stuff. It's, there's a lot that goes exactly. goes into playing heresy that's not just turning up with a painted army and rolling dice. Mm, yeah, like there's a lot of commitment to like A lot of us are historical gamers really at heart. That's just sci-fi. Yeah. So what are you working on at the moment? Have you got any projects on the go or some stuff that you're thinking about right now? Yeah, um, I'll be honest. The thing I'm working on, I will, I plan on working on is getting my Ultramarines, my Heresy Army, ready to play in 40K as well. Oh, so cool. That's going to be... Um, but I'm going to build it... I'll just go big. Like, if I need a missile launcher for a tactical squad, I'm going to make it a five-man missile launcher squad for 30K. And sure. And just use one model from that. So... I'm going to end up with a really big 30k army to make a average size 40k army. I am so far removed. Um, why would you need one man with a missile? Is that like a kill team kind of thing? Or is that no, just... Well, like, a, a, like a standard tactical squad in 40k is still like your one special weapon and your one heavy weapon. Ah, right. Okay, so you'd still kind of... Um, you'd end up... You know, you might have two tactical squads or whatever, but you'd end up with two missile guys who you could then put into a five-man missile team if you played Heresy. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, I'll okay. paint up like a five-man missile launch team Pharisee, and of that, I'll use two of them in tactical squads in 40k. Oh, cool. Is it hard to port over the units that you've got already to playing in a 40k environment? Not, it's not too bad. Um, the, all the heresy units do have rules, except for, I think the Glaive is the only one. Um, <laughs> well, that's all right. Nobody needs the Glaive. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, they're so um, harsh. <laughs> so there's... That's the main reason I haven't bought another one yet. Yeah, um, yeah, one's enough. <laughs> but yeah, they they have the relic rule, so you can't take more than one relic item in that four sword slot than if you have another thing from that four sword slot. Like if you have a relic heavy support, you have to have another non-relic heavy support to take another one. So uh, okay. it, it limits you, so you can't just take like three Leviathans. You need to have six heavy support, like, three Leviathans and three other heavy support slots. <clears throat> Do you feel like if you turned up with your Heresy army, like if for some reason you could play in that format, if you just turned up with your Heresy army, would you kind of run away with a game in 40k? Or... No, nah, they're, they're really high in points, the like relic stuff. Okay. Um, like the Leviathan is 300 and something points in 40k, the Fire Raptor is 420 points. Yeah, um, right. 400 so, points. Jesus. Yeah, but it's kind of crazy now. Like, the 
in 40k, twin link isn't a thing anymore, so the guns just now just shoot twice. So oh, okay. You can fire that to with like quad heavy bolts on each side. I think it shoots 34 shots a turn. Yeah, right. And with no line of sight, so you're just like flying around in circles, shooting 34 shots at anyone you like. <laughs> the game seems very abstract to me from what we know, because I guess I went from, yeah. you know, uh, second edition through to seventh edition. And, you know, even when it kind of moved over to the seventh edition kind of army composition, I didn't really understand that and was still just playing like regular, what were they called? Combined arms detachment. Um, So I never really got into that whole like formation thing. And now with like the rules change and the, like the fact that you can, you know, play like, play, like you said, you play the fire raptor. It's such an abstract concept to me. It's like a completely different thing. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I still play 40k with the guys down in Albany. I mean, I play Heresy 7th edition rules and they play 8. And it's just like caught up in my head like, I do this. I'm like, no, Sam, you need to do it like this now. <laughs> yeah, I, I do it like this now. It's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, surprisingly, you haven't pulled any 8th edition moves on, on us so far. You've, well, you've managed to... I haven't read the rule book yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> And so I just keep doing my like the way I'm used to until someone tells me it's wrong. <laughs> well, that's cool. So at least in our in our um, you know I guess our podcast direction, you're still going to be creating, you know, and expanding your ultras army. Then um, absolutely, yeah. So I mean, I was like I said earlier, I was going to look at doing dreams of cults, but I mean, with the, even the new 40k stuff that just came out, like the new minus Calgar and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of reignited my passion to try and get my ultramarines back up and running properly again so i'm gonna admit that i actually kind of liked kind of like that model <laughs> i uh, uh the new calgar and his body, body yeah. especially they have me super moist they look amazing for some reason gilliman looks stupid as fuck and maybe it's because there is a 30k gilliman that looks great whereas yeah. you know like calgar calgar wears the armor well he looks pretty hot yeah in man yeah I, uh, I've seen a few really good conversions. Um, I joined a new Facebook group the other day. Uh, it really just 40, I don't know, Ultramarine something, something. And people are doing some conversions, and a guy's made it like the fifth edition, like front of the codex, so his arms are down by sides, just like gathering away. Oh, it's nice. Really cool. Yeah, right, cool. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm going to pick up that set. Um, despite all these crazy price hikes, it's $90 for the set, um, which is actually fairly reasonable for three like character quality models i think yeah yeah i'd agree with that i don't think that's unreasonable i mean like the like primaris apothecary is 65 dollars now i think so if you consider calgar would generally be more than that you're getting the two wicked bodyguards for you know 15 dollars each which is actually pretty good it's funny how it does seem to be kind of inconsistent doesn't it like some things where you see you know like i've been buying titanicus lately and i'm it is a lot and it is a second game and, you know, I probably have spent too much, but at least it's been gradual. But I think about what I'm getting for that kind of money and then sometimes when you, like, you dip into looking at um, at what's available in the 40K range and the pricing for that as well, you're like, what the fuck? Like, how much are you paying for a, you know, I don't know, like a Gene Steeler Primus or something like that? Like, it, it's just not... Yeah. Not a reasonable price, but then you get other things where you're like, okay, cool. Well, like, Calgary is sick. The model looks amazing. Um, you know, you get to these two other guys with the, the characters as well. You know, I can see myself displaying this model, so it's 
you know, you look at it in, in like a display kind of context as well and it's worth it. Whereas if you just get some 28 millimeter dipshit that's, you know, it's not impressive um, for $60, $70, it's like, what am I doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, I mean, the, and that's the thing. I mean, the new Primus range was a bit of a shock to the wallet, I think. Like they, you know, jacked the price up again and da, 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 da. But I mean, like you think an apothecary that isn't really anything special shouldn't be the $65 model. Really, yeah. only I don't know fifty points on the battlefield. Yeah, <laughs> so you don't really need to want too many of them and that kind of thing. So then, you, then like you said, then you see Calgar come out and his price, like you play up to that, he's probably only worth forty dollars in that box. You're like, why well, am I paying twenty dollars less for him yeah. compared to a guy with nowhere near as much detail, or you know, he's totally not like a hero of one of the bigger legions in the game. Yeah. I look at the um, often as well. I'm looking at the hobby, hobby investment because I I don't have a heap of time really. But I look at the hobby investment time as well for a model lately. So I've been like I picked up some of those limited edition. Um, well, they, I think they were limited edition. I don't know. I got someone to send me over some of those uh, retro land speeders, and, and and then when you realise like okay they cost a bit, but that kind of is what it is, and then you see like the points cost for like how long it takes to assemble and paint something like that. It's like a javelin as well. And you're like, ah, uh, maybe I can do without these in my army. Hey, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it's like I agree. The, the next project I'm thinking of too, I'm, I'm looking at doing a, a word bearers army, which will be quite interesting for you and I to have some themed games around the Kalth conflict. And, um, oh, yes, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. But, you know, I'm, I find myself building more and more expensive units now. I'm like, okay, cool. Like a 400-point breacher unit? No worries. <laughs> like, Because to me, like, you paint 15 guys that are breachers and have melter bombs and three melter guns. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, that won't take me that long to do. It's not going to cost me that much money. And uh, yeah. and I've got like a, you know, a fifth of an army covered in one unit. So, <laughs> I love it. So I was... I will try working out once how expensive can I make a unit for my ultramarines and like you do like the full breaches with power swords and stuff it's like 600 points between that unit I'm like this is terrible this is you'll never use it <laughs> <laughs> well you'll never win with that unit <laughs> but yeah, exactly. yeah you could use it to the cast combat but it's just never going to do well <laughs> yeah yeah let's play two and a half K oh, my two troops choices are 1200 points <laughs> <laughs> and they're one attack power swords it's going to go really well <laughs> I remember, um, I guess the thing I really love about Heresy is the fact that there is a lot of similarity between what we're doing. I, I mean, I I actually don't have any um, Death Guard special units built for my uh, army yet. Um, I've got some Grave Wardens and I've got some Death Shroud, but I haven't felt the need to go to them. And I love the fact that, you know, when somebody plays me, they know that everything I've got, like they're expecting to see everything that I've got because they can have it too. Um, I find as well with that consideration in list building that, you know, you, you kind of know what you're going to go up against when you're building a list. So you can really go for it when you build a list. Whereas the thing that, you know, you talking about 40 K a little bit, the thing that kind of bamboozles me the most about that is like the depth of options and then like the variety of themes and synergies between different forces and everything like that. Like it's got to be so hard to, to figure out how to actually put something together. You know. well, that's it. I mean, like I'm talking to the guys. Like we're trying to, our new guys are trying to organise a team for the team camp championship in person next year. Oh, cool! And 
So, I mean, you know, we're looking at going up for that, and that's going to be really cool. But I have no idea how to make a competitive, like, Codex Space Marine list. So I'm just nagging all of the local guys. Make me a list, and I'll make the models for it <laughs> kind of thing, because there's too many options now. Like, especially for, like, the bigger armies like the Imperium, you can just soup it all together to make, like, a really big scale list that I just have no comprehension of. Yeah. I think you were saying last time we talked about that too, in particular, that you were you were struggling to be able to make, you know, like you, you can make a competitive marine army. You don't have to lean on militia in, you know, or solo Cresselia or Mechanicum to make a competitive army in 30k, whereas you were finding that it was actually challenging for you and your Black Templars to just have an exclusive marine list. Is that right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I ran, we had a little 1,000 point tournament a while ago and that went pretty well. But I figured if I had to take this up to 1850, um, it would end up just like, and you have, have to spam different things. Like I was fully planning on buying three Seeker Infinitors. <laughs> oh, cool. Are they pretty good then because of the extra shots and stuff? Yeah, they're pretty good in, in 40k. Um, they've got a bit of a points drop, so they're down to around a 200 mark. Okay. They're, still like, they're like strength 12 giant laser guns kind of thing. So oh, that cool. kind of ticks off my like anti-tank worries for about 600 points i really like them in heresy as well i think they've got so much utility with that stun lock thing that neutron is it neutron yeah laser or whatever yeah. neutron beam thing yeah but um and that's it so i mean and i think that's i'm gonna i'm bringing coming back to my original love of ultramarines like i've been playing them for like 10 years now i think um, yeah and despite everyone they're like oh the ultramarines are so bland and blah 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 in Heresy, I think, that has so much flavor. So I'm going back to just turn this army into a pretty big list of, like, force again. I'm going to aim for about 10,000 points, I think, and I'm probably going to try and repaint a lot of my earlier stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, like, that's a huge project, but I definitely reckon um, you've got this, the skills and tools and support to get it done. Like, and, uh, mm. yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to see where you could go with that, too, because we've got some... You know, like you look at what Aiden's putting out for ultras. Uh, I know Aiden's a wizard. Yeah, and I guess I mean <laughs> and Timo, Timo stuff is incredible as well. I uh, looks so cool. Well, he's kind of new to that, so actually, I didn't forget, but I forgot to mention that. But yeah, I, I saw his down at the club, and um, yeah, if you look at depending on where you're listening to this from, because I imagine that this will be available to everyone. Uh, Fenrir Miniatures is Aiden. And he's got that really nice, crisp, um, Matt Kane style Ultramarine. And um, yep. Timo's stuff as well. What's he? Archmajos Timo on um, yeah. Instagram? Instagram? Yeah. So his his stuff should be up there as well. And he's got some, yeah, some really great stuff as well. And, you know, Bam, Bam's Ultras look great in the flesh as well. So do yours. So, um, well, mine are, mine are a bit of a bastard mix, to be honest. I've got, like, the one of few different shades of blue like i've got my spartan fire raptor and suzerain painted by someone else i did my original tactical marines in back in tempter things like that and now i've got something else as well but i need to try and i'm not going to repaint the bigger vehicles but at least if i can try and redo the infantry to try and get them a few shades darker yeah to blend in a bit better again yeah nice oh well that that shouldn't be such a big deal as well hey yeah um i mean the way they are now they're just they're like an ultramarine blue spray basically and then details to try and make it look all right but i'm going to try and do some of the vallejo uh french blue over the top bring it down a few shades yeah nice 
make that bit more reachable. So I'm, yeah, I think the like Aiden's rich, like Matt Cain kind of blue is amazing, but I don't have the skills or the patience to get that kind of color. Man, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to learn some of those secrets. I think um, I definitely got to hit him up for a, a few painting tutorials because I'd like to be able to get that kind of like vibrancy in the like that that kind of pinky dark blood red of the word bearers as well um yeah and i i mean i understand about kind of applying the the glazes and filters to stuff you know filters in particular to armor panels and you know i use a lot of the um glazes and shade range from games workshop through the airbrush over metals to kind of tint, tint the metallics of my chassis and my weapons and stuff like that but um i haven't really used it on you know, armor armor plates and stuff like that before. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just looking at Aiden's uh, offerings now. Oh, God. I mean, it's such a vibrant blue. It's yeah. It's so good. And it sucks, man. Like, he's played at my house a few times and the lighting's not that good here. And he, like, I look at my models and I'm like, these are good models. Like, I've won, you know, I've won Best Painted and my shit's nice. And I've, you know, I've got some medals from, like, hobby shows and stuff. And then I look at his yeah. stuff and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you should see what it feels like for me when I see all of your stuff. I'm like, oh god! Oh, get out of here! Half of our, half of your stuff is our stuff, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man. And that's that's why I get people to paint my shit because I'd much rather people have a cool looking army to face on the other side of the board, and then you can get into the theme and the thematic kind of aspect of the game rather than be like, eh, this is kind of killing my burner a bit because they're. Looking as good as they could be. I don't think that's a factor for me. I think if somebody's made, I can. So, uh, who was it? It was Mac, the the guy that we met down south. Mac um, at War in the Wasteland. He kind of came from an area of dudes that I was not aware of. Um, I hadn't seen him around at events before then or anything like that. He turned up with you know like a really intricately and well thought out converted death guard army with like a lot of world war one trench war themed custom vehicles do you remember that one mm-hmm. yeah another one yeah and i mean like the uh, not um not to say the painting was bad but the painting was kind of basic but yeah. i think i, lo- I love seeing that he'd kind of put the thought into it and you know he got my best uh he got my vote for best best army because He'd like everything he'd thought about and, you know, he'd really spent time on trying to make it all look uniform and, you know, applying the effects that he wanted to get the feel that he wanted as well. And there's a few other guys like that too, where I really love their armies. And like, if you pick up individual models, you're not like, oh, okay, cool. Like everything's done on this. But when you look at it as a force, it's like, oh, fuck, this looks really cool because, you know, you've put a lot of time into considering the color scheme and going with your theme and you've applied your decals and you know all that kind of stuff so i like yeah. i like your army man i i really like seeing your army and i've really enjoyed all the games that we've played um you know as looking across the table and seeing your blue boys it's um the, the first thing i wanted well i'm either going to repaint my shit or I'm, the next thing i want to do is actually rebase them all and get away from the marshman bases yeah um i think a um I don't know, like a light dust and snow will look. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to do like a like a bluish uh, rock kind of thing. I think will look pretty good for them. 
Yeah, nice. That'll be quite complimentary to the dark blue that you've got. Yeah, so, and then it'll make those like gold details, which I was, well, the golden white that the Ultramarines are known for, it'll really pop off there as well. So, a bit of a winter theme to the stuff then? Yeah, I think so. Will that be hard to do with like the vehicles that you've got? Have they been weathered to kind of suit the Martian, Martian, no, Martian they mode? Hadn't been actually. Oh, cool. So they, they just went like a, a brown weathering powder, which is pretty universal. So yeah, it's, they don't have like red all over them kind of thing. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. That'll be really good. Hey, that's like that's a fun way too of, um, I think you know, rebasing your army or going back and doing some extra detailing is a pretty good way to get some some more life out of a project as well without necessarily having to add to it as well. Yeah, well, I think that's what I need to do as well because it's not going to be... You know, I don't want to like, go crazy and spend thousands of dollars on basically a whole new army, but if I can redo the stuff I've already got to bring up to a level, I'd rather have it at. You know, and spend more time on the decals and more time on that kind of thing. It, it gets a second chance for the whole of the army again, basically. Yeah. I've got like a mind for my um, death guard to actually go back and do a bunch of um, extra highlighting and that sort of stuff on them too because I think I can do that without disrupting the weathering and detailing on them as well. Um, okay, yeah. So yeah, I'm sort of like, I'm painting them to the level that I could paint when I started and I think now knowing what I know, I'd like to go back and kind of add to them eventually as well but I sort of, I picked up like a cheap betrayal at calf box the other day and then i was like oh well i guess i'm doing word bearers now <laughs> <laughs> no man, i can't wait to see all those um like i said earlier i was like so close to pulling the trigger on them yeah but i think erebus is a dickhead so i'm with blood angels <laughs> i really um yeah i i don't i'm not a big fan of erebus at all um but you know i think the rest of them actually have something to offer and you know even um, law guy himself I, i've just finished the story aurelian um yep. have you listened to or read that one i thought i did um that was the one where he's kind of bouncing in and out of the future and past with the demons while um you know like he he moves forward in time and he sees magnus after prospero and he's trying to have a conversation with him um to get information to then sort of like steer the influence of the thing and he keeps meeting with the the demon girl that's slowly kind of dissolving over the space of the book um yeah and then he ends up fighting a bloodthirster oh as you do yeah yeah which is actually pretty sick and he can't fight so i bet it didn't go well i don't know man it's like it was because it was adb it it was written really well like he can fight like he's got a he's got a bit of dog in him um so i heard that and i was like He's not just a bitch boy. Like, I could get behind it because I guess, like, I don't know, my, my, my other Primark Mortarian's not that inspiring either. Just, well, a, just a ghoul boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I think, and that's the thing, like, the characters for the Word Bros don't inspire me much, but the special units are amazing. Like, the Gal Volback are so cool. Yeah. The Margal Dreadnought, I, man, I'd take three of them just for, to look so um, Good way to make it so cool. a points-efficient painting project as well, man. It's like three three fifty each or whatever they are. <laughs> like you can get a thousand, a thousand points with three dreadnoughts. <laughs> um, and that's it. I mean, and in ZM they're like balls to the wall crazy because you just like walk through doors and like, oh my god, bro, they're but, so wild. <laughs> yeah, just like when people forget that fact, it's like, oh yeah, I'll just stand at this door. 
no, no, no. And this, like the strength eight plasma gun as well, and all the rules, like they're yeah. you know making people reroll invulns, and they're super savage. But yeah, I I like um I like the rules for the special units, and I like the uh I like the aesthetic of them as well. Um, I think it's something that you know I I kind of picture my Death Guard as like a Crusade era army. Is yep. kind of how I've painted them. They're still quite you know they're quite uncorrupted, and they're kind of I guess they're like Legion of Studies pattern sort of thing. So they've, you know, it's like a standard sort of look. Whereas yep. the, um, yeah, the word bearers, I'm kind of keen to go down the rabbit hole and put that crimson armor on and get some demon units. And I think book Eight's going to be pretty sick. So I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing where we can go with that. Yeah, man. It's been so good. I'm really keen to see what they do with that. Yeah, and I mean, quite a few dudes in our community as well have got something to gain from Book 8, so I'm excited to see what that'll bring to our scene as well because there's, you know, there's quite a few Blood Angels players that we've got out here. We've got some Scars players. I imagine there'll be some additional units for like Militia or something like that to kind of support that. And then oh, a whole... Bring that as well, What's that? I think Nightlords are in the sign as well, aren't they? I'm not sure. Uh, Alfs are, I think. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was Alfs uh, were the main bad guys and demons. And then they were fucking with the um, Scars and Blood Angels. And then yeah. the Night Lords and Dark Angels got bumped a book. Yeah, I'm pretty keen for the Dark Angels as well. I really want to see Lion. Um, I think Sanguinis is going to be the Primark, like, best model out, I have faith, and I'm super keen to get him. Yeah, so she's I'm very pretty. With the line. She'll look good, man. You put her in a skirt, put her on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the fish, boys. Yeah, he's so feminine. It's like, it's absurd. I, uh, I can't get behind that look. Well, it's weird. I mean, you see some pictures, and, like, the one that came out on the front, like the cover of Ruin Storm, I think. Yeah. When he's got like his little Goldilocks and all that kind of thing. I mean, I can't get behind that even a little bit. But then you see some other artwork for him and he's, he looks like a badass. Yeah. He looks like the, like the Renaissance, like Archangels kind of thing. Yeah. And they're bought on. So it's tricky. It, people say like, oh, this looks like shit. And then it just depends on your point of view, I guess. Yeah. I don't think he looks shit. I reckon he just looks, he looks particularly girly. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I hope they kind of add a bit of dog in to him and make him kind of look tough as well as not just being like a pretty pretty boy. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, as long as they keep the fact that he is one of the best warriors like in the galaxy kind of thing going, it should be okay. If they just make him look like some pretty boy with curly hair, it's going to be not the best. <laughs> Did you see on the um, the Forge World website how they were? Um, celebrating a hundred thousand likes, and they kind of put up that image teaser of the next project. Yep, so good. Yeah, what do you reckon yeah. about that? I am moist. I mean, if we see like, kind of like the a dual kind of thing, like we did with Magnus and what's his name? Oh, you reckon you could see like a Thurster on a base going up against? Sanguinous. Against Sanguinous, yep, yep. Special character, Bloodthirster versus Sanguinous. Ooh, baby. So good. That would be pretty hot, wouldn't it? Imagine if that 
like I'm looking at the image now and you've got the, you know, the bloodthirst that's sort of coming down with the, like the big mega strike and the whips going off in the background and then Sanguinous is sort of flying up ready to counter. Um, that'd be a hell of a diorama. Wouldn't it? I mean, that'd be so cool. And yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You see pictures like that and that's the Sanguinous that I think about. It's not, he doesn't have all the curly hair. He doesn't, you know, cry at silly things. yeah do you reckon there's some potential because i was sort of talking about it the other day um you know we we had you know the cal set around the time of book five we had the prospero set around the time of book seven do you think we're you know there's some potential in this image that we could see a kind of hybrid demons marines box in the in the light of book eight I did hear someone else saying, I've heard this a few times as well, and if it wasn't for the fact that there was just a box set come out with the, uh, corn demons and slanish ones, I'd say yes. Yeah. But I don't know whether they do two box sets with co- at least corn demons within, like, what, six months of each other? I wonder, though, because the amount of, like, they're not shy of releasing a box set these days. I think it, because honestly, it's all a lot of it's repackaged anyway. It's not like they're um, they're going to be creating that many new models from the demon side. You know, like if you look at this image, you've got blood letters, you've got the Zinch um, stingrays. What the fuck are they called? Yeah, yep. You know, like the those. Uh, no, not the horrors. The other things no, like no, the kind of surfboards with the, oh, the scream screamers, aren't they? Is that it? I think so. Yeah, and then you've got you know, there's some jump marines, a dreadnought. Uh, it looks like just a standard Legion box dread in the background. Um, the jump yeah. marines, I don't know, they could be Mark Four or Mark Two, and then uh, yeah, your Mark Three in the front. Like it, it wouldn't be a hard box set to make. This is like, you know, there's probably only one or That's two fun. new units in there. I'm surprised they don't do more box sets. Box sets, to be honest. Like they see how well Calf and uh, Prospero sold. Yeah, they they could. Churn these out like every six months, really, and probably make a killing. And when they do with the um, the other stuff, you know, like your speed freaks and um, you mm-hmm. know the kill, the kill team sets and all that kind of stuff, like it, it's crazy how much people get on board with that. I mean, I, I reckon that Black Spire would have sold a ton. You know, yep. they, they're just releasing box games like crazy, and they've all got like actual new models. Like a lot of the models that they would give to us in a box set. You know, people don't necessarily need new models. It's just a good staple entry point for people to get into our game as well, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, because of the cost of the game, I mean, if you can save a few dollars by splitting with a mate, like, it's, you can't go wrong, really. So if you can do, uh, like, a Legion army plus a Demon army, when they're just getting, like, new rules for demons and people getting on the Blood Angel train and that kind of thing, yeah. I think you'll do really well. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to um, see what, you know, like, it, you know, if this does potentially release as a release, um, I'm excited to see how new players come into our scene as well. And, you know, people coming in as Demons players, that'll be pretty cool because um, there's yeah. quite a lot of accessibility. It's not like, you know, it'd be quite surprising if somebody came into our scene as a uh, Mechanicum player or something. You know, he, it's yeah. it's unlikely that a new player is really going to go with Mechanicum maybe to come to us. But, um, yeah, it'd be cool to see, you know, demons players come out of the woodwork and they've specifically built heresy demons, not not like 40k demons that they've adapted or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, in saying that, I think that would make a really good chance for a crossover as well, like people that want to dabble in the other 
game system again. Yeah. You know, like, well, I've got the Demon Army sitting here. I may as well, like, get some use out of it. Well, I'd be more inclined to do that too than take my Heresy Army across because it's sort of like it's an abstract army as well. Um, and the fact that the demons are existing in the, you know, like the Warhammer Fantasy Battles age and then in the same format they're existing in the 41st Millennium and then in the same format they're existing in the 31st Millennium as well. It's, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're a pretty good way to, like, pretty good gateway to all the different systems still. Yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, I'm keen to see demons. I mean, I think in our local scene alone, we've got Rob's talking about it, Ryan's talking about corn stuff. Um, someone else I thought as well. So I think we're going to see a fair few demons running around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited, man. I can't wait for book eight. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I hope we do see another box because I've, you know, I love like expanding stuff with those box games as well. Not that I've ever played the game component of them, but it's, um, <laughs> there's a game component of it. Yeah. Up what? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a cardboard that like gets in the way of my sprue, though. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like the amount of, the amount of, um, I think I've had three or four sets or something like that. And I've still got the cardboard. Like I was cleaning up my shed yesterday and uh, I was like, oh, wow, look at all these cards. And it's all cool stuff, but it, it kind of sucks because like it is just a jumping off point to get a new army. Um, well, that's it. I mean, you got to feel sorry for the game design. So like put, put all this time and like, yeah, I'm going to make a balance, go do this. And the game release and, and like 99% of the community be like, fuck that game. We just want the models. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they must know. Like it's not, they're not the kind of games that they're putting out where, you know, the guys on Board Game Geek are going crazy for them or anything. These are games designed around miniature collecting. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I imagine they've probably got it in mind. Yeah, they probably don't spend a whole lot of time on the game side of it. But Yeah. It's one of those things. Well, we've been going for a little while now. Like, is there anything else you wanted to cover before... Um, we maybe no, have, have a bit of a wrap up and you know kind of think about where we're going to go next and yeah no i think this is a good start for our first journey into podcasting um people should have an idea of who we are and um that kind of thing if they didn't already I and mean, the locals obviously know who we are but you and me are both well fairly active at least on the australian 30k pages yeah i mean i tend to delete myself pretty regularly as um <laughs> The, pre- the pressures of re- replies on social media build up. But, um, yeah, I mean, you- you'll see me as, like, Jackie Rumble online or uh, Bag Credentials Hobby on Instagram. And um, I think, you know, quite a, peop- quite a few people would know pictures of my work and that sort of thing as well. So um, Yeah, I don't, I don't have that worry because I don't get asked for, like, spikers. Spike tutorials. Yeah. <laughs> The fucking spike tutorials, man. Like, you know, um, all right. Like, so yeah, something I want us to have every week is like, a, you know, who flicked your berries this week with the idea that someone comes up and like flicks you in the nutsack with a finger and you're just like, ah, oh! like that's, that's gotta be like one of my all time things is I, I just, I think about, I don't think to ask somebody how they did it. I see something I like and then I think, how can I make that? Or how can I replicate that? Or how can I test what I can do to to get me to the stage where I can do that? And, you know, I wanted spikes. I wanted pyramid spikes. I saw them on something. I think it was actually the um, the Sons of Horus themed Contemptor. It has some, like, pyramid spikes on it. And I was like, wow, I love this detail. And I was doing that Sons of Horus army at the time. 
And I thought, yep. how can I make that? I'll go to my local hobby store and get some square rod and just trim the end and then slice them off. And uh, I feel like I've, I had to make a video. I, every time I put up a picture, someone's like, oh, where'd you get the spikes? It's like, no, mate, I didn't get them. I made them. Oh, how do you make the spikes? Like, <laughs> like how would you make a spike? I don't know. Think about it. Like, if you went outside with a knife and got a stick and you wanted to make a point, like, you'd trim from somewhere behind the tip to make a point. And, uh, yeah, spike tutorial, man. Sorry, that was like a bit of a passion yeah, rant. <laughs> Yeah, fair to say we uh, that turned into quite the running joke for between our group. Well, you and Jack still fucking hit me with it as well because I pu- <laughs> I put up that new knight and I I also I spiked up my um Titanicus little little knights as well. I was like, oh, I can just make like tiny little versions of these spikes and then kind of keep the theme going. And uh, you know, first thing like Jack hit, Jack Hadley hits me with the like spike tutorial question, and I was like, ah. Oh! <laughs> So, so it begins again. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm doing like round two now in uh, eight millimeter or six millimeter or whatever it is. Oh god! So is uh, has anything riled you on the hobby hobby front or internet front related to hobbies this week or month or whatever that you'd like to bring uh, up? Nah, not so much this week. Oh, lately I've been. No, I think I've I've haven't been as active on socials as I could have been. So nothing has really ground my gears that I need to worry about. Yeah. Uh, if I'm getting back into the scene a bit more, I'm sure we'll hear from it. Oh, it's coming, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um you do you have you watched Seinfeld before? Much? Uh yeah, bits and pieces. So they have like Festivus and they have an airing of uh so George's dad has like a, a fake Christmas, which is sort of appropriate to the time that we're recording. And um part of it is like physical combat and also airing of grievances. So every time they have Christmas, it's like the airing of grievances. So I'd like to have like a bit on our show where we could just have like a little bit of event and be like, wow, fuck this. Like, <laughs> this is really fucking, oh, that yeah, chapped me this week. Yeah. We can dog someone out. We'd be like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> I'm sick of this bullshit. Um, He's out of the community. <laughs> yeah. Ho- hopefully not. <laughs> I think, I think it, Anyone that's in is probably worth keeping at this point, regardless of uh, you know how much how much destruction they can cause. Um, so, yeah, I think so. So, where do you want to um, where do you want to take it from here? You know, I, looking to do this again, maybe sort of fortnightly, monthly, and get together and have a bit of a yab and see what's going on. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm pretty keen to probably fortnightly at this stage. Yeah, um, unless something drastic in life changes that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, an hour and a half every fortnight, that's enough time for us to talk about what's coming up from Fordville, talk about what we're doing in our scene and that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah and I think it's been, um, you know, something that you brought up as well. I'd, I'd like to be, uh, I'd like to harness this momentum as well um, from, you know, us sitting down and doing this. It helps me kind of consolidate what I'm, because th- I have a lot of scattered thoughts around gaming and hobbying and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I guess it will help me consolidate what I'm thinking of and where I want to go with it. And then, you know, next time we come back together, I want to have more done. So I've got something to talk about. Um, so, well, yeah. Currently, my hobby room is literally full of stuff that was in my other spare room. So I can't actually get to my models right now. So I'll work on that. Yeah, yeah. That could be your hobby challenge for the two weeks. You can clear, exactly. 
clear your way into your hobby room and then set up, set up your work area so you can get started. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I think first on my list will be Kalga and his two homeboys. You! It's not 30k, but I'm sure I can make it work. Now, you don't actively have a, um Instagram that's for hobby. Is that something you'd be interested in doing so we could keep uh, tabs on what you're up to? or yeah. Possibly. I do have my own... Instagram, but it's just a mishmash of everything, basically. It's nothing but dog pics, mate. Like mine. No, it's only like it's only like one or two dog pics. You put up um, sun- sunrise photos and shit, like pic- yeah, pictures like of you holding like, hands with your missus and all that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got a drone for work the other day, so I'm putting some pics of that up because I'm taking all pretty pictures of the ocean and stuff. So actually, I really like those photos you put up of the park. It looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I'll um. But yeah, if I can get my shit together, I will totally do a you and make a new yeah. uh, Instagram for people to follow. So Sammy H Hobby. Exactly. Sammy H Hobby. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Maybe I should, maybe I should do that anyway. Yeah, I think you should. And then that way like uh you can be accountable and if you you know, if you were to maybe like chisel out some spikes from some sort of material, I could ask you <laughs> ask you how you do it and uh get some ideas. Um, yeah, exactly. Or I'll just stick to Loralist and we don't have spikes in our stuff because, you know, we're pretty and all that kind of thing. Well, man, at least I don't have to make trims on shit. I'd go insane if I was having to try and sculpt trims on everything. Like, fuck. Oh, God, no. I did trim, like, I did trim the lower legs of my Leviathan and trim the shoulders as well for the Sons of Horus because I was like, yeah, I can do that. And then I realized how much work goes into doing that and I was like, <laughs> I'm never doing that again, ever. <laughs> Well, make, just make sure you get the decals for your work back so you don't need to worry about doing the back uniform by freehand. Yeah, I was trying to think about how to do it, you know, maybe to get, um, for, I don't know, a soldering iron or a Dremel or maybe even like an etching tool and just kind of scrape away at it. But I think decals is probably a safer option. I don't want to fuck anything. I think, I think decals is the way to go, Jackie. Just yeah. Do it like that. yeah, I don't want to ruin any kids that, that we can barely afford to buy. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, especially with the time you put into your painting. You're like, yeah, we'll do it. got the nice red. I've only built my, like, $60 character. Mm. Yeah, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I just quit. I'd quit then, man. I'd be out. You'd find me on a noose outside on the front. Fuck <laughs> me outside. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess I, I also want to just thank, um, thank some people for getting us into this, too, because, you know, there's some... Um, really great podcasts out there, like particularly, um, you know, my my friend Bam, uh, who people would probably know from the internet and the Australian heresy scene, um, was got me into heresy as I was kind of struggling to find the motivation to stick into 40k with all that kind of formation stuff. And um, his entry point to that was the IFORS podcast. And, you know, listening to that and realizing that, you know, you can sort of be you can be a normal dude and you can talk some shit and you can like playing with toys and you can be really invested in this, um, you yeah. know, showing me the depth of the game and also the depth of the, the law that's in the background with the black books and all the black library novel series. Um, but then, you know, your, your age of darkness, your radio free is Like I feel like we've been really lucky to have, you know, super committed, um, deep hobby podcasts that have been coming out. Um, Absolutely, yeah. There's we're fairly spoiled for choice. Like, um, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to as many podcasts lately as I would like to. Yeah. But I'm 
kind of lucky because my commute to work is like four minutes. Yeah, yeah. So you don't really get as much time. <laughs> yeah. So, and when I'm not painting as much as I like to read at the moment, I don't have that time to think, right, I should sit down and listen to a podcast and do this kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to try and get back into now. Yeah. Build some models, try and do some painting, listen to some casts and get back into that. Yeah. I'm trying to like taper off the cast a little bit and play more audiobooks because I, um, you know, I think we, we're probably going to be guilty of it as well, but you know, there's a lot of similar information kind of kicking around. And, um, I think sometimes you can get trapped in a, in a loop listening to the same stuff. If you listen to too many podcasts, cause I, I think I put up for you guys like a, here's what I'm listening to thing. And there were maybe 14 heresy podcasts in there. You did. And that scared me more than a little bit. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that too. And I was like, I can probably call a few of these. eh? So I'm, I'm going to go back to audiobooks in between now and now and next chat and just try and smash a bit more lore and keep myself enthusiastic about getting into some word bearers. Well, that's it. I mean, like I do, um, I used to pretty much listen to infant characters and I Horus are the main ones I used to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, one to keep in the 40k scene, one to keep in the 30k scene, and that was generally enough time, all the time I'd spare driving around and that kind of thing. So, and then I'd try and buy, read books on my iPad and stuff generally. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I know I'm lacking behind in that. So I think this podcast is going to be really good. It's going to get me back into the hobby a bit more. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I appreciate you um, coming on the journey with me, and yeah, I'm looking forward yeah, to. Uh, I'm super keen for this. It's, um, I think it's going to be really good fun for both of us, and yeah, broaden our horizons a bit together. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch, I mean, obviously, it's not the easiest thing. We don't even have a name. Um, we we don't. We definitely don't have an email address, and uh, you know, we're just we're just two dudes out here looking for dudes. So. Um, Come looking and you might find us. And uh, thanks for coming on the, the pilot of the journey. Thanks very much, guys. Talk to you soon. All right. See you, man. Thanks. See you, buddy. Bye.